Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
Back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We got a killer one for you tonight. Ricky Warwick from Black Star Riders is our guest. We'll have the interview in about 45 minutes or so. But until then, we're going to keep the music flowing. We started things off tonight with Nasty Savage with Triple X, 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 X. And I wish the band would get more active again. I mean, they are broken up, but they're kind of not broken up because they get back together every now and then to do a festival over in Europe or like a benefit show here and there. So I wish they would get back out there and start playing live again and maybe even record some new music. That would be fantastic. One of my all-time favorite bands. Right, like I said, Ricky Warwick is our guest tonight. We're going to keep the music flowing and on as much as we can before that interview. So how about some Distant Thunder? This is uh, James Rivera's band uh, right before he uh, put Hellstar back together. Here's Beyond the Black Field of Stars.
guys, Sarah Thungo with Adam Smash. You know, the band was formed back in 1972. They kind of predate a lot of, you know, the more well-known metal bands like Priest, even Scorpions. And it wasn't until like the late 70s, I want to say around 78 or 79, that they put a couple of demo tapes out uh, before Frost and Fire, the first album, finally came out in 1980. And they've been broken up for almost 20 years now. So it'd be great to see those guys get back together. But right now, a guy who did make it here tonight, my partner in crime, Big T, what's going on? Hey, what's up, buddy? It's, it was movie afternoon, and it just finished. Sorry. I know. I saw that movie last week. I left my ass oh, off. He, my God, she is hilarious. She's too much in that movie. I we couldn't stop laughing. My wife and I. We were hysterical. No. I, I didn't see it in the theaters. That was the first time I saw it on cable. Yeah, I mean, because the one she did with uh, Jason Bateman was, you know, okay, you know. Yeah. But um, this one was fucking hilarious, and. Uh, my niece kept telling me, she goes, I'm going to hold on to it. I want you to see it. I want you to see it. So we got back. Oh, we had to take a ride somewhere. We got back. I said, got to see it. Yeah. I'm glad I saw it. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Definitely a funny movie. Well, I know they're making a second one. So if it's as funny as that oh. one, that's pretty good, too. That sounds good. That sounds good. They just got to get some metal in the fucking soundtrack. Too much I know. Every, too much every, rap. Every, every movie should have metal in the soundtrack as far as At I'm least. Concerned. At least. You know? <laughs> At least one song. <laughs> At least one song. You know, an hour and a half or whatever it is. I hear that. Well, well speaking yeah. of uh, things you did, I heard last night you were at the the Wine Tea Show in Manhattan. How did that go? Yeah, Dave Manchetti, Dave Manichetti and his his band of excellent musicians. I mean, blew yeah. me away. I mean, they're not one of, and I've told all my friends, you know, um, they're not one of my like, you know most favorite bands, but, yeah. you know, you don't realize how many great fucking songs that man has written. You know? True. I mean, he's an amazing talent. Oh, God. Entertained. And he did, like, an hour and three quarters. Almost two fucking hours. Wow. It was amazing. And he still had two more songs on the list. But because they opened the club to uh, dances, you know, at midnight, uh, just past midnight, um, they wanted them out. So he had to, he just did the one, uh, did Forever as an encore, and that was it. He had two more to go on the list. Uh, Mr. Ken Pierce showed me the list. He, he has a way of getting those things. Yeah, and, uh, it's by pestering people. There you go. Well, you know, he was in rare form yesterday, and we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure of that. Well, how was the crowd? Was it a pretty decent, I know it started early to show. I saw it was like around 6 o'clock or something. Yeah, like I, I, I said, it was a, Remember the time we saw Merciful Fate in the village somewhere? It was in like a nice club. You had to go in the basement, like. Yeah. Well, it was similar to that. You gotta go out. You go upstairs and it leads you onto the like the mezzanine, and then you got the the ground floor is the stage area, and it's set up like about three quarter, maybe it's about three quarter the size of like Irving Plaza, maybe a okay. little smaller, maybe a half the size of Irving Balcony. Yeah. You know, and they got seats on the side for the VIPs, but you know they. they the whole floor was solid, and I didn't go upstairs. We were upstairs in the beginning, and then I went downstairs to get a better get a, get a better view. Yeah. And uh, the whole balcony, you know, the back part of the balcony was crowded. You know, so it was pretty good. And the uh, band that opened up, Street uh, Light Circus, was a very good rock and roll band. Very in the same vein as uh, Y&T, little Twisted Sister sounding. Yeah. Yeah, good band. Good band. Out of New York somewhere. Yeah. I don't know exactly where. We we had them on. They were guests on here like three four years oh, I'm ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah, they were like a local band back then, just getting started. So we gave. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, they got a nice little following too. I saw a lot of T-shirts. 
Nice. And they were selling t- uh, t- T-shirts and, and CDs, very, very nominal price. Even uh, Y&T, you know, was was like $25 for a T-shirt. What the Not fuck, bad at all. You know? And they had the big sizes, too. Hey, that's the most important thing. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, they know their fans. Fat. If you get to pay the same price for a fat T-shirt as a regular yeah, exactly. T-shirt, you know I you expected, get... I expected, yeah, Dom, it's going to be another $3, $5 yeah. for, for, you know, <laughs> double, triple X. He's not gonna. If it's the same price, I'm gonna get the triple. I said, "Hey, go yeah, for." And he went. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I don't want. I shouldn't well, they people. shrink. They shrink. Yeah, they shrink. Watch them. You gotta get and, a And uh, he was so happy, you know. I mean, Michael. Uh, and there was a, a point in the show. I'm sorry to go off, but there was a point in the show that he was so, he was spitting up. He was coughing, but his voice still sounded great to me, to everybody. Yeah. And he says, I might need one of you to help me. You know, help me on this next song. I thought Dominic was gonna jump up on stage. I swear to God. His wife had to hold him back. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like a good time over there. Yeah. And, you know, like we, you, you talk about the T-shirts because you know when you buy them online somewhere, you always got to pay a couple of dollars more. It's like you know if you get two X, it's maybe a dollar more, and three X is two dollars more, and it goes up and up as you go on. Right. Wouldn't it? Be, I, that's why I love it when you find a place that charges you one price for the shirt. Because let's yeah. face, I mean, yeah, of course they use more material. But you're talking like an inch of material, two inches of material is the difference in the a large to a triple X. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, they no reason reset. to charge more money, but they what say they got to t- reset the, the the this to that the other thing, but I don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if you go to a show and like you know they look at you and they charge you a certain price based on how big they think you are? Oh, <laughs> I don't like. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> I like. Uh, give me that. I'll take a double X. Okay, that'd be forty bucks for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> what are you gonna do? All right, well, look, I was, uh, I was uh, reading some of the, the metal websites before. You know, I, I always go to Brave Words, and uh, Bloody Knuckles is my favorite site. And uh, exactly. I saw that, you know, well, this, is, this is like a week almost for kids because they get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this week, even though they're, they're kind of boycotted by not showing up. Mm-hmm. But the next night or the night before, I don't remember when it is, they're going to be on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon doing a live performance. So oh. it's probably the night after. I don't remember what night they said it was going to be, but it's probably the night after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And maybe that's like the little way of zinging, you know, by performing live the next day in New York, oh, you know, okay. with Jimmy Fallon, like maybe like sticking up the rest with the new lineup, and, not the new lineup, but the current lineup yeah. playing. And tomorrow, uh, no, tomorrow's uh, Monday. I'm already confused my days. Tuesday, Paul Stanley's going to be here in Staten Island at the Barnes & Noble signing copies of his new book. So uh-huh. I kind of coordinated that over the course of this week. But I remember when him and Gene were here a few months ago for the, the last Kiss book that came out. Uh-huh. You had to go in the morning to buy the book, and you had to buy the Barnes & Noble and have your Barnes & Noble's receipt. You couldn't yeah. even buy the book somewhere else. Now, don't get me wrong. I know Barnes & Noble's are sponsoring it, so naturally they want you to buy the book there to spend the money. I get that. You know, that's uh-huh. the way it goes, and I can understand that. You know, if somebody's going to bring a band in here for you to meet, then buy the book in the place. You know, you've got to support them in a way, too. I, I get sure. that. But, like, they wouldn't sign nothing else in the tour room we have. You brought in an album or a T-shirt, no matter what it was, they would not sign it. Wow. It was just a book and the book on and you couldn't even stop to take a picture with them. Now, let's face it. It takes a second to take a picture. I mean, unless you're, you're using the camera, they could take, like, an hour. But yeah, most people get take a picture in a second, you know? So, I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, they only allotted so many people to go in. I think it was, like, 100 people or whatever. So right. you, you take two more seconds, you know, to, to take the picture, especially if you always preach that, you know, you're there for your fans all the time. And I know it's more – it's not just Kiss. It's the PR people, you know, Barnes & Noble. It's everybody has a hand in what goes on, but – they're doing it again now with, with Paul. You, you're not, you can't buy nothing else. You can't bring anything else. Sorry, no pitches. So that's kind of heartbreaking and disappointing when you're like a lifelong fan. This is maybe your only shot to have those guys come to where you live in your area and yeah. meet them. You can't just like stand next to the guy for two seconds while somebody takes a picture. You know what I mean? I know. I, I know what you're it's, saying. It's terrible, but 
this is Kiss Week, I guess, because like I said, this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you know, as much as we rip on Gene Simmons, he did an interview, I want to say, I think it was for Rolling Stone magazine, uh, who also has, you know, involved with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, it, and he was saying, you know, about not performing and, you know, with the whole thing with Ace and with, with Peter and all that shit like that. And, you know, as much as we rip on the guy, for, you know, for all the shit he does, he, you know, he's a smart man and he's a businessman and he makes sense when he talks. And he was like, you know, by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame saying, you know, we're not going to induct, you know, Tommy or Eric or you know, even Eric Carr, who I think should have been part of it. You know, yeah. if anybody, Eric Carr should have been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's not all the other guys afterwards. He should have been in there no matter what. But he said, he goes, you know, it's like them telling me, you know, I know you were married in 1972, and, you know, and that was your first wife, and you were with her for like a month or two, but we're going to induct her into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she was your first wife, but not your second wife who you've been for 25 years. You know, that doesn't matter. And, you know, he makes sense when he says that, you know, because if they were this hard and heavy with those rules, it should apply for every band getting in there. You know, only that original lineup, no matter what. And he was saying, what happened to Nirvana? You know, that lineup that's getting inducted is not the original lineup. There were other members in the band that recorded the earlier records. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they in there? If you're saying only the original lineup, why aren't the original lineup of Nirvana getting inducted in? Why is it just three guys? Work on this one, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It made sense. We goof on him with the money and the bit. But you know what? I, I'll always give him credit. The man came from nothing. Making it big in a band is like hitting a lottery. It's a one in a million shot. They not only managed to make it, but keep it going for 40 friggin' years. So you got to give him credit. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's I, I kind of agree. But well, we goof on him with everything else and the way yeah. he is with it's other, you know. Cool. Exactly, but yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It would have been what nice. I, what I think is all it. these years, I think if they would have, I, th- I think that this is like the tenth year that they they uh, were eligible. I think. Yeah, but something like that. So maybe if they were, you know, if it was done like five years ago, six years ago, when it should have been done. You know, when we, you know, maybe they would have felt differently, but they probably said, you know what? Now you wait all this time, and now we got to go by your rules. Yeah. You know, because they never, Rolling Stone never liked Kiss. I know growing up, I never bought a Rolling Stone magazine for Kiss, you know? Yep. True. So, I mean, I can understand what you're saying, but what about those two guys? They don't even have any feelings for them. I mean, if it wasn't for them, you know? I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. No, I agree. I, I see mean, both sides of that coin. I, I, at first, I didn't, but now I kind of see it because you see all these, you know, all these reports, and it's true about all the different bands, you know, that that have gone in with different lineups. Even yep. Metallica, like they went in with every member. They brought out. Uh, Robert Taruglio got Bella. in there. He was right. in the band for like four days, I think, at that oh, that's, time. That's right? another story. Right. Right. Exactly. They even brought. I think Gene even brought that up. He goes, "No disrespect." He says, but he was only on like one one real recording, you know, one yeah. you know, actual recording, and uh, you know. But then they brought up guys who were on their demos, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And but and and I think well, Mustaine was he in? I don't remember now. No, Mustaine didn't get in because he didn't record any of the albums, even though he wrote all the material pretty much from for the first yeah, two records. That right? was and ironic because they brought out the black fellow who was on the, on the demos. White right? Grant, yeah, yeah, but they didn't have any mention of Mustaine. Uh, you know, I can kind of see Mustaine getting pissed off about that. Oh, I don't blame any of them. They, they, they need to. I mean, first of all, let's be honest. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke to begin with. Yeah, it's it not is, a real yeah. organization. It's just yeah. something. It's an offshoot of Rolling Stone magazine and yeah. Jan Warren who put that thing together. It's not a real thing. So nobody seems to take it seriously. That's why people get like so worked up. I'm laughing. I'm like, who cares? Do you think 
Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley really give a shit whether they're in or not in, whether they get a, a bullshit trophy to put up on their mantle. They got billions of dollars in their bank accounts. They, they've yeah, screwed a million women. They've traveled the world over and over again. You think they really care? They don't give a shit. You think Black Sabbath gave a shit? They're more graceful because the English, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like they handle it better. And they yeah. got screwed over for how many years? Deep Purple still hasn't gotten in. So, I mean, it's a joke. Oh, I mean, it's a joke. So booty, don't take it seriously, booty people. Blues. Just, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not really off, you know, but you got you to gotta call. Exactly. You, know, you got to put influence. it who belongs in there. Hey, let's say Linda Ronstadt is inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah, too this, this time around. She came out and says, I'm not going on because I don't believe in any award ceremonies. It goes, and I don't even get why I was nominated because I had a, a very short rock and roll career back in the 70s for like, yeah. for like a half a minute. And yeah. I've done a million other things since then because I've done country, which is my love and uh, like yeah. operatic type of music, whatever you call it. I don't know what the right word I'm saying, like classical type of music. And mm-hmm. she goes, I did rock and roll for just a tiny bit. She goes, plus she's sick. She has MS, I believe. So. She probably doesn't want to be out in public, you know, because she probably has, she's probably shaking and everything. But she came around and said, because I don't even know why I'm in there. You yeah. know, so face yeah, it, you know. Awesome. It's a joke. So the hell with it. You know, they're in there. Congratulations to them. But it would have been nice if they did play. That's just like they did when they got back together the first time with the reunion with Peter and, and uh, Ace. They all, they all played at that show together. You know, they had two, Eric was up there playing drums with Peter, Chris. They could have right. did a, a, a one or two songs with the original lineup, then you know with the new lineup, and then maybe all of them together like they did back then. I think it's because of the makeup issue. They didn't want to; those who didn't want the other guys up there in the makeup, and they didn't want to play without the make. You know, right, it's, right. it's all bullshit, but it is what it is. So that's life. Ah, how about we get some music on? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, this is Blind Illusion. The band is back together. Uh, uh, Harold Oyman, who's the drummer for DRI, is actually playing drums in the band. Now, I don't know who was on the other instrument, bass. Uh, Mark Biederman is on guitar, and I got to tell you, I just saw a picture. He looks like he just did 90 Days in Rehab, so I don't know how effective this lineup is going to be, but he looks like Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future, man. He looks like he's been bent over one too many times somewhere, so we'll see what happens with that lineup, you know? Mm-hmm. And here's Blood Shower.
Dyer, Vicious Rumors with March or Die. I don't know who's in the band this week, but every week there's a couple of new guys in that band. Uh, we did a show a while ago about Revolving Doors and Lineups T, and I think Vicious Rumors were at the top of the list with the most lineup change. I think they had like 34 different members in and out of the band and oh like the time they've been together. Uh, there was one other band that came pretty close. Uh, I, I can't remember who the hell it was now. Uh, they, they won't, they've only been together like five, oh, it was White Wizard, and they've only been together like five years, so I think yeah, they're going to take the record over if they, uh, if they keep playing as long as Vicious Rumors, but... Yeah, White Wizard, man. Is there yeah, any they go original members. members in that band? Just the one. I think the bass player is the only one, uh, and he Holy just he cannot be able to get along with nobody. I mean... Yeah, they changed the singers, they changed over the Over everybody, man. Everybody. Well, I, you know, I have a show coming up... They were a good band. They were good They are a good band. They are like the new metal bands. They're good, but... He can't, he just can't keep a lineup together, that guy. It definitely has, you know, there are bands that you see a lot of lineup changes in. There's like only that one consistent member. So it has to be like that one guy people can't get along with. We had John Schaefer on the show. And, you know, I started this guy for a million members too. And I told yeah. you, I said, you just hard to get along with? He's like, no, I just have a certain way I want to do things. And if they don't go with the program, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know they're out. I, yeah. At least he was honest about it. But, man, and I, I so like I think two weeks ago, you know, the band Excited from Canada. Uh, John Ricci, the original guitar player, left yeah, the band. Yeah, I mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, he just didn't want to, like, be in music anymore. I guess he, he said he was retiring. You know, like, this is rough. You know, he probably has a real job and couldn't do it anymore. So he packed it yeah. in. But the other guys are keeping the band going, even though there's not one original member in the band. I yeah. think the drummer might have 10 years in there, but even that is, like, after all the other lineup changes have come and go. And Clammy, the bass player, who we had on the show, like, the first year we were doing the yeah, show, yeah, Clammy's a great guy. Yeah. He left two the other day, says, I'm leaving also. So I guess he realized, why are we continuing this without John in the band, it doesn't sound right. They yeah. didn't say why, they just said they split amicably. But you know, I mean, so I got a whole metal matinee coming up about bands that have no original members left. And you'd be surprised about how easy it was to find an hour's oh, worth of music today of these type of bands. Amic- Incredible. Uh, what was that? Amicably. I, I Amic- amicably. Amicably. Yeah. Is that amicably? Irish? Irish? Irish. No, Ricky Warwick is Irish. Oh. He's on the show in about 10 minutes. Oh, shit. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, that's okay. Not- I hope he's not listening. No, I doubt it. Nobody listens to the show. What are you worried about? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of nobody listening, somebody is listening because John from New Jersey just called me up. I'm sorry, John. We had a bad connection. You know what it is? When I call and use Skype, I use Skype to like, control the volume, to mute the, you know, the microphone in the studios and everything because yeah. it's a lot easier than using the ones on the BTR switchboard. And sometimes I forget because you have to do both of them to get it to work. And I was talking with John, but I had him on the Skype connection, but I didn't have him on the BTR connection. I could barely hear him. So I do apologize, John. I couldn't get you on live, but he said, hey, I'm a big fan. And I go back a long time with the whole scene. He named all the great clubs that we've gone to over the years in New York and New Jersey. Oh, that's great. He said, hey, get on some Dark Angel for me. We do the Don Dottie Dark Angel. And that's the version of Dark Angel. I'm the, most, the biggest fan of the original version of the group. And it seems like Don was putting this whole Dark Angel. Dark Angel was playing, I think, in a couple of days or in another week or so at the first, yes. the first show since they got back together. But Don put this whole thing together, it seems like to me, because he was hyping it on Facebook and on the Internet. And I, we had Gene Hoagland on the show about a week after they, they talked about that. And Gene says, well, we don't know who's going to be in the band yet. Don spoke out of place. The minute he said that, I knew they weren't going to go with Don in the band because they had trouble with him earlier on, even though I think he was the better singer for the band. But they got back with Ron Reinhardt on vocals, who was with the band from the second album on until they broke up. So uh, Don is not a part of it. But I'm going to reach out to him, see if I get him on the show. I know he has another band going on right now. He's starting another band, so we could talk about that. But, John, you wanted to hear Dark Angel, his Fallen from the Sky from the first record. And then right after that, we'll, uh, we'll speak to Ricky Warwick.
John, there you go. Fall from the sky off. We have a live record. All right. You know what? Let's uh, see if we get Ricky. Let's see if the Skype connection is going to work today. It's like potluck from this thing week to week, you know? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Skype. Hang on a second here. Just bear with me one sec. Hey, Ricky. This is Mike. How are you? Mike, how's it going, bro? I'm doing great, man. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Uh, it's, it's great to talk with you. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you something. You know, being such a fan of the Almighty from back in the day and such a Thin Lizzy fan, I was thrilled right in a way when, they, when you kind of hooked up with them back then. But now it's all about Black Star Riders. And, and that's a good thing in a way. But are you more happier now than you were, like, under the Thin Lizzy banner? Um, you know, it's, it's, that's a really great question, you know, Mike. Uh, the Thin Lizzy thing was amazing. It's, uh, you know, I liken it to winning the musical lottery. Uh, for me, being being an Irish boy and, and growing up in Thin Lizzy and that band is the soundtrack of my youth and, and Phil being such an inspiration uh, my whole life. But it was a huge honor to, uh, to you know, get on stage and play those songs and, and be part of such a great legacy and such an amazing band. But obviously there's a certain amount of pressure that, that, that came with that. Um, obviously I'm up there singing Phil songs every night and, you know, I'm trying to deliver those as close to, uh, you know, how Phil did. Um, which which is no easy task, obviously. And so there's a lot of pressure. It was a lot of fun, but there's a lot of pressure. Obviously, with Black Star Riders, you know, we've we've changed the name of the band, and I kind of get back to being myself um, as much as I want to be now, which is great. We still can retain that kind of Lizzie classic guitar sound, but we can we can embrace a lot of other things as well. So it's given me a little bit more freedom, taking a bit of that pressure off. Um, but again, still a massive honor, you know. Yeah, you know, you can hear it in the new music, and that's what I love about it because. I said the same thing, too. It had to be hard because, you know, you kind of want to tell, like I said, it's like hitting the lottery. Like, somebody says, hey, you know, you want to play in Thin Lizzy? Like, no, nah, I don't want to do that, really, because, you know, Phil's not here no more. Nobody would actually ever say sure. that, but fans want you to say that. But it's not really the case, especially today in the music business. You, you offer that opportunity. You want to jump at it, but it had you to know, be hard to kind of toe in the line, like, you know, keeping it where you don't yeah. piss off the Phil you know, fans. Well, when, we're, when, when I was, you know, if you're a kid and somebody says, you dream of singing in your favorite band, that's what we all dream of. And to get that opportunity, you know, I'd have been, a, I'd have been, I'd have, I'd have been kicking myself for the rest of my life if I turned that down. You know, I did say, when I talked it through with Scott, you know, and, and Scott Gorham, you know, obviously Lizzie's guitar player, I said, you know, how are we going to do this? And, and Scott had a very definite, definite idea of how he wanted the show to be portrayed. He didn't purposely want a singing bass player. For that very reason, he wanted, you know, obviously wanted the songs to sound the way they've always sounded. You know, we weren't, we weren't going to start messing around with the greatness of those songs in a way. But certainly he wanted to try and put something together that was a little bit different visually. And I thought that was great, and I thought that worked really well. I mean, obviously I'm up there singing Phil's words and, and uh, melodies as accurately as I can and, and all those cool little Phil, Philisms that I call me puts in the songs. I'm trying to nail those every night. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a line that, you know, I'm kind of standing one foot on either side of him, trying to keep a lot of myself in there as well. I would never, ever dream of copying any of Phil's stage moves or anything like that. I mean, he was unique, you know? So I'm trying to put as much of myself into it as well without crossing the line where people go, you know, this sounds nothing like Finn Lizzie, because that, as a fan, if I went to see Finn Lizzie, I would want it to sound exactly the way it sounds, you know? I want to hear those songs the way we all know and love them. Um, and, you know, people, you know, no matter what you do in life, somebody's not going to, going to agree with it. It's very easy for somebody to turn around and go, oh, you know what, why is he doing that? He shouldn't be doing that. But, listen, we're, we're putting on a show with great respect to Phil. We were bringing those songs to a whole new generation and to a lot of people that never got the chance to see Lizzie first time around. And the great thing is you look out into the crowd and you see kids, 8, 9, 10 years old, right up there with their grandparents. 
And it was a beautiful sight, and, and people with smiles on their faces. And, and, you know, what we set out to do, Mike, we said from the start, we know Phil's no longer with us, obviously. So let's get the show as good as it can be without the great man being there. And if people leave with a smile on their face going, you know what, that's as good as it's going to get without Phil gracing the stage and the job's done. Absolutely, man. I mean, I saw you guys one of the first times you came around to the New York City area. And I was like, wow, sure. I get this. I get it. And, you know, like, like I said, you can never make everybody happy. And you shouldn't have to even try to because you've got to make yourself happy more than anybody else because you're the ones up there playing the music. But, you know, sure. I didn't see anybody in that audience lacking, you know, and you know, being upset that night that Phil wasn't up on the stage. Everybody had a great time. The place was packed. Yeah. And it seems like yeah. it's like that all the time. People want to hear the music, and it should be that way. It's all about the music. I mean, you know, the music doesn't die. The music lives on forever, you know, and, and that's the beauty of it is people die. We all die. But, you know, people, if you leave a legacy, that legacy lives on. And why shouldn't that legacy, you know, I mean, you know, it's people, if anybody thinks we were trying to replace Phil in any way or, or any of that, it's just crass. I mean, it's just, we'd never be so naive to, as, to, as to think that. But, you know, some people do. That's what people, you know, I've, I've talked to people in there that it, it, you almost feel when you talk to them that they expected Phil to walk on for the encore, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, you got, the guy's dead, let's be honest, he's dead, he's, I'm, we, yep. we, you know, we lost a great, we lost a great man, we lost a rock and roll icon, but the fact is the guy's no longer with us and, and you have to move on, and uh, the songs are timeless and those songs need to be heard. I agree, and what bothered, I think what bothered me the most about that is that, you know, yeah, Phil was a charismatic front man, you know, he was the voice of the band, but they forget that Brian and Darren and Scott, I mean, they have a sister, I mean, two of since the beginning, Scott came a little later, but one of the, you know, early members of the band, it's like, well, they yeah. don't count, and that bothered me, like, they made that music just as much as Phil did. Every, exactly, everybody is a star in that band, from, from Eric Bell, you know, playing in the early stuff, what an amazing guitar player, you know, Scott. You know, Scott Gorham's just a full... Scott's a rock, rock and roll god, man. He's the swagger, the hair down to his ass, you know, <laughs> playing that Les Paul. And and then let's not forget Gary Moore. It's like, come on, you know, Gary Moore, what a unbelievable guitar player, you know. And then Brian Downey, I mean, I honestly, there's no drummer like him for a feel and for swing. There's not another drummer in the world that can touch that guy. I mean, I've been lucky enough to play with some great drummers. And, and feel-wise, and, and the swing that Brian Downey has is unbelievable, unbelievable. And all those guys are stars. They're all stars. And it's some good stuff. But you know what? That's the past now to a point because it's all about Black Star Rise for the last almost two years now. And All Hell Breaks yeah. Loose, you know, it, it, people have had a year to listen to it now. I love the album. When you look back at it now, are you happy with it now as when you record it? Or sometimes when you record it, you're so involved with it that you really can't appreciate what you're right. kind of doing at the time? Well, I think, you know, you ask every musician, you know, you, you ask them that question, they always say, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, there's a couple of things I would change. And, you know, and it's easy for me to say that, but, uh, you know, I've got to be honest. We did it with, obviously, Kevin Shirley, who's a great producer. We did it insanely quickly. We did it in 12 days. And I think that threw us a little bit because none of us had ever worked that fast. But I think what Kevin did was he captured a vibe, an attitude, and a spirit of the band that we wouldn't have got if we'd taken four weeks to record it. And I think that's what makes the album sound the way it sounds. So uh, I think Kevin has to be given a lot of credit for for seeing that and having the foresight to, to realize, you know, let's get these guys in the studio, let's record them as live as possible, playing together old school, which is what, what he did. Um, you know, I think there's maybe, in my opinion, maybe one or two songs suffered a little bit because of that, because maybe they could have done a little bit more, you know, TLC spent on them. But as a whole, what to me, what a great debut album and what a great way to start. And I think it's defined the band and, and you know, we can really push on from it. 
Oh, absolutely. And like you said, you record it down relatively quickly. And, but it seems that's the way it is today with everybody because those days of getting million-dollar budgets and spending six months, a year in the studio are kind of over. So you kind of have to get in there and bang it out, but you also sure. want to you know, do the best you can. Well, no, I mean, I, I absolutely, and I wouldn't want to spend anywhere, anywhere near that kind of money on a record. I think it's, it's, it's just crazy to do that. But, you know, we're talking about we had 12 days for 12 songs. It was a song a day. There was no point where you could go, um, any chance I could just go back and redo that, you know, guitar part, or can I fix that vocal? It's like, no, you're done. I got yeah. it. And that, that was the thing that was a bit scary. It would have been nice just to have the extra three or four days at the end just to go, you know what, I think I can, I can sing that line better or, or stuff like that. But Kevin was very much about, no, we're capturing the moment and this is how we do it. And that's his thing. And it sounds great. I mean, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I had a couple of days going and redoing vocals where I would have got it any better. But I'm just, it would have been nice to have that luxury. But I absolutely agree. I mean, there's no point in, I think, for a band like Black Star Riders, we should be spending more than, more than at least two or three weeks making a record, you know? Yeah, but I, I think the longer you're spending it, sometimes, like I said, can I redo this vocal? Can I redo a guitar part? And a little drum? I think maybe in the end, you can kind of oversaturate it with constantly changing and anything instead of and you lose you that. Do. You drive yourself. You dri- yeah, yeah, you drive yourself insane. And it's one of those things where sometimes the, the, the first time you sing it or play it is usually the best because that's when you have the most attitude and the most energy. You know. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, my favorite thing about the record is that I kind of hear, I hear a lot of you in it, which I love, and it kind of like. Thank you. Fans, everything you've done, you've got that hard rock edge from the Almighty and Dolphin Lizzie. There's that acoustic and that soft party from the solo record that's kind of mixed in there. Sure. And I think this is like the perfect outlet for you because it kind of gives you an opportunity to express everything, like from the light to the heart. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's a great bunch of guys. I mean, it's, and I mean, it's all due respect to everybody that I've worked with. It's without doubt the best uh, bunch of musicians that, I, that I've had the, the honor and pleasure of working with and playing with. I mean, they're just phenomenal, and they make my job real easy. They're just such good players, and and Damon Johnson, the guitar player, is such a great songwriter as well. And then him and I work really well together on the songwriting front. And it's just a joy to be in this band. There's no drama, there's no egos, there's no none of, none of the BS that you know you, you usually get with bands. Maybe because we're all a bit older and we've all been around the block a few times, but it, we all hang out together, we socialize, we keep in touch when we're off the road, and and that's that's been alien to me. I've never really been in a band where that's happened before. So I'm really enjoying it, you know. It's really, and, and that makes it, it just makes it great. It makes it, it makes it even more fun than it already is, you know. Yeah. Well, what do you think is the biggest downfall to being in any band? I mean, or it's like, you know, trying to keep the band going and not break it up. Is it the egos of all the musicians involved or the business part of it or just, you know, maybe the wear and tear that comes along with playing all the time with the I same think, people? It, it, it's a little bit of all those. I mean, you're dealing with people and you're, you're, you're working with people. Everybody's different. And, and that's the, the crazy, crazy thing. And, and, and sometimes, yeah. Uh, Amazing thing, and sometimes downright infuriating thing of this this world is that you know it's it's sometimes it's just hard to get everybody all on the same page. You're obviously dealing with you know five different opinions, and then business like any business is is not easy. Yeah, there's there's some great people, there's some real bad people, and you've got to deal with the good and the bad, and and, and that that can be tough as well. But um, you know, compared to what most people have to do on a daily basis this is a walk in the park you know and and you'll very rarely hear me complain about it because you know i, I do realize how lucky and, and blessed i am to be doing what i do you know okay i know you have like like i said you have like five amazing musicians that can get together write songs and play sometimes you have to kind of bow down to the wishes of somebody else in the band because maybe they want to take a song in a certain direction or change the lyrics right. or something is that something that, like, you know, you kind of always, like, have in the back of your head, like, a little resentment when they want to do that, or you just kind of have to go with it saying, all right, 
it's for the better of the group because somewhere well, down the road, they're going to have to do that to yeah. me also. Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, when we started writing songs and we were going to record new music, you know, um, I mean, every, you know, it was sort of giving the green light that this is what we were going to do. We sort of, you sort of wait around for somebody to take the initiative and nobody was really going, here's an idea. So, you know, Damon and I, obviously Damon, you know, being the main songwriter and, and main man, his old band, Brother Kane. Hey, Ricky, are you there? Hey, Ricky, I don't know what happened. I lost you there. Uh, that's just the beauty of Skype, Mike. I think it just, just, just <laughs> So, uh, man, are we good? To, are we good to continue? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You were talking about yeah. uh, working with Damon on the songs and everything, and Brother Kane. Yeah, and you know, obviously, he's a known Damon's a known songwriter. So, what we'd do is Damon and I would sort of write the bulk of the material. We'd take it to the other guys and we'd make the changes. Um, and Scott would bring in his amazing Scott Gordon guitarist. He chose to me and Damon. We'd take that away and we, you know, bash those into the songs. Uh, and it's, that's pretty much how, how, how it would work. And I guess, you know, it's where Damon and I would maybe exert some of our, our egos a little bit more just because, you know, we're the ones that have been, been writing songs. We're the ones that have written, you know, hundreds of songs over the years. So I feel that's what we, we bring to the band, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like right from the beginning, even when you hooked up and it was still Thin Lizzy, they kind of pushed you right out there as the front man, the spokesperson for the band. Uh, that must have been a little bit of an, you know, kind of intimidating back then because you feel like, I've got these three original members of the band and I'm kind of like the voice of it now. And, uh, and you've also carried it over to Black Star Riders. Yeah, you know, I, I, I suppose a little bit of that is my fault, you know, being the front man my whole life for pretty much everything I've been involved in. You know, you do tend to, you know, somebody gives you, somebody gives you an inch, you do tend to take a mile. And, and Scott was very vocal, and very, was very vocal, and you know, well, you, this is your thing. You know, it's you're not a, very much you're not a hard hand. I don't want you sitting in the background and, and whatever. He says, I want you to be out there in front, which was, was really, really cool of him to have such belief in me and, and confidence in me. Um, I mean, I was really, really blown away by that. And you know, right from the start, those guys just made me feel comfortable, and, and never once sort of said, you know, well, you can't speak up because you weren't there back in the day. Um, the, the, I never once felt that from any 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 of the guys, which was very very cool on their part, you know. But yeah, it was you know it, the whole thing was just mind blowing. It still is. I mean, I'm still you know sitting here talking to you about it, and it still you know freaks me out, Mike, that we're even having this discussion that I was a part of, of such an amazing band, you know. Well, you're still part of an amazing band. It's a different name now, and I, I thought that was a great movement. <laughs> What I, I mean, this looks like it's going to be another busy year. I mean, I think May you're going out again on tour in the U.S. and some other places. And I heard that in yeah. October, November, you're going to go back into the studio with Joe Leppard and another good friend of yours from your solo records. Absolutely. Well, we, yeah, we're going to do USA run. We're adding more USA dates as we talk. We're going to do East Coast shows and everything, do some festivals in Europe. And I think October is actually, we're, we're going to start in Dublin and Ireland at Joe's studio. And Joe's going to produce the follow-up album, which we're really thrilled about. You know, it's just Joe's, He's such a great guy and a really long-time friend of mine and Scott Gorham's and um, a wealth of knowledge. Um, and uh, he's, he was very, uh, you know, he put himself out there, a big fan of, of, of Black Star Riders and, and loved the record and said, hey, I, I want to do the next one. I really think I can take you guys to the next level. I've got some great ideas. And, you know, when a man that sold 90 million records uh, comes knocking on your door, it's hard to turn him down. Yeah, that, that kind of helps, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, you know, you're, you're kind of like the last Irish connection to the band in any way, shape, or form, even though you've probably been in the U.S. Right. for God knows how long now, root-wise. Sure. You're probably like the last connection to the original, like, you know, home place of the band. 
Yeah, I mean, I am the only, uh, you know, bona fide, born and bred Irishman in the band. I mean, Scott's mother is from is from County Fermanagh, so he's uh, he's certainly half Irish, um, Mr. Gorham. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm in a band with uh, four other uh, American boys, and, and uh, like I said, I've lived in the states now for ten years. But I think people, you know, still realize that. You know, we we did we do play there in, in Belfast and Dublin and, and other parts of Ireland. It's it's obviously fantastic, and the spirit of the band, obviously Lizzie and everything from there, is still a huge connection and is very very relevant in our music and, and our attitude and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, I know you were born in Ireland and you grew up in Scotland, so, but I mean, when you when you look back now, I mean, how big of an influence did like where you came from have on your songwriting? I mean, you've seen the changes in your country like over the last uh, twenty or thirty years. It's like night and day. Yeah, huge. I mean, I'm, I, I like as you know, I like to write about what I know, and, and uh, you know, culturally, where I'm from, two countries that are very steeped in a long history, unfortunately, of conflict. Um, throughout the past, um, and a deep history of writers, poetry, music as well. You combine all that together, there's never a shortage of stuff to write about. Um, and I think that has a huge bearing on, on who I am and what I am and, and what I have to say. It certainly does, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think I, I, you know, I could try, if I tried to be anything else, I would be, it would be, it would be a sham, you know. So uh, I'm very, very proud of where I'm from. I'm very, very proud of my roots. And I'm very, very proud of my family. And it's something like I like to try and, uh, you know, get across in the music. Yeah, well, I know you're so busy with Black Star Rise. Like, you, you constantly, you're always on the road. But I heard somewhere that there was going to be something done with the Almighty again for the 25th anniversary. Is that happening, or is that just like one of those internet rumors? Well, yeah, no, there is. Uh, yeah, you know, the good news is that all the albums have been repackaged and remastered, and they're all going to be re-released by Universal over the next uh, 18 months. I think the first one's come out in May, from what I've been told, which is great. And we've been involved in, you know, rewriting the sleeve notes and, and redoing all the packaging for those and they look and sound great so that's that's pretty cool but uh we we talked about getting maybe doing some live stuff and it's just really difficult at the minute with four guys that are you know all doing completely different things and all very very busy in their own lives which is a great thing it's great that you know everybody is in a, in a good situation in their life and nobody's really hurting for money which is great and very very nice as well and and you know, I think that there needs to be a will there to, to play live. And I, you know, I just don't think it's there. And I think if we went out and did it right now, it, it would just be for the sake of it. And I think that would be probably against everything the Almighty ever really stood for. So for the time being, we're just going to let the reissues come out and, and let the legacy be the legacy and, and, and see how it goes, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, like, the Almighty already had a, a defined sound, you know, years before you had Black Star Riders. You know, with the solo sure. records, uh, that's more of you personally because, you know, it's, it's strictly you. But now, how do you separate, yeah. like, you know, what you would do solo-wise if you have another solo record coming out any time in the future compared to what you would write for Black Star Writers? Because, you know, it's still you. How do you separate the two now? Yeah. Well, I do actually have two solo records coming out this year, um, both being produced again by Joe Elliott. Uh, one is nice. acoustic and the other one's electric. And um, they'll both be, um, I did it through the Kickstart and Pledge, pledge campaign. If you go to, you know, com, you can find out all the details about the Pledge campaign there. And it's been really successful for me. It's been great. So, uh, you know, that to me is, I get to turn the guitar up loud and, you know, I get to make the noise with, with Black Star Riders and obviously with the Almighty. And I think doing the, the solo stuff, is, I can just take it in a little bit of a direction. I can, you know, do, do some of the slower songs as well. I was saying that the electric album is pretty full on, yeah, balls out rock and roll. Um, it's just, I can just, like you said, it's just, you know, there's, there's one cook, there's one chef, 
and and when you do the soul stuff, and that's you, and and that's that's kind of nice to be able to to have that because obviously, like I said before, when you're in a band, you're always dealing with democracy and everybody else's opinion taking that on board. With this, I can just you can be single-minded and and basically do what you want to do, and that's what I kind of enjoy about it. And it lets me get that out of my system as well. So I think that when I do get back into the band situation, I'm very much more appreciative of having the guys around me and their opinions and and, and their input. You know. Yeah. Well, I guess I love the solo records and tattoos and alibis to both of us could say. I love that you always have that little bit of country, you know, tinge in there. And I guess working sure. with Damon now, because he's also got that same feel and vibe in a lot of his songs. That must be pretty cool that you guys, you know, both kind of have like, you know, the same kind of likes. Yeah, you know, Damon and I, you know, I've never met Damon before. Real funny story, the Almighty actually opened up for Brother and Kane years ago in, in a club show when Brother Kane were blowing up in 93 and I think I just walked past him and said hello you know it was one of those gigs where we opened up and I think we had to drive you know 900 miles the next gig right yeah. after we played but you know then years later I meet the guy when he's playing with Alice Cooper and, and you know we, we start talking and then you know a few weeks after that you know he's a guitar player in Finland and we just hit it off straight away I mean we're you know very similar um, backgrounds both being front men and, and, and songwriters in, in, in bands and stuff like that and you know, he's my bro, and I, I get on with him. Dan and I are extremely close, and, and uh, he's a big influence on me, and I like to think it's, you know, that, that you know some of the stuff I do helps him too, and we just work really, really well together, and uh, it's great, you know, we've forged a really good friendship as well as a good writing partnership. Uh, I can't wait to hear the new record, Ricky, I'm telling you, and I'm not going to keep you much longer today. I appreciate you talking with me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you, you know, in a couple of weeks when you uh, get to the New York area. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely, yeah. No, we can't wait to bring it over here. The shows in Europe have been insane, and, and the band's great. Jimmy DeGrasso's come in, and he's a powerhouse. He's an absolute powerhouse of a drummer, and, and uh, you know, it's just you're getting half the sets Black Star Riders, half the sets Lizzie Classics. It's a, it's a real nice vibe, and, and uh, it's a, it's a rocking show. It's great. It always is a rocking show, like you says, and I can't wait to see it, and I can't wait to hear the new record. Ricky, the best of luck this year with this tour van and everything else, and I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Mike, thank you so much for your support, bro. Really appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Anytime. You take care now. You too, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's a brother named in downtown Babylon. The contract for blood ain't worth a paper that it's on. Side of the road when the junkies playing high. It's a one-way ticket on a slow down suicide. Don't you turn your back on me? Don't you turn your back? Don't you turn your back? Man, I'm the silver glory of the coming of the fool. What I'll hear.
track of the record that came out last year like you heard Ricky saying brand new album probably by the end of this year so I'm looking forward to that his good friend Joe Elliott is helping him out with the tea oh how nice good to have friends like that huh well I got you so I can't complain oh how nice you're like you're, you were like still born to Joe Elliott back in the early 80s when you recorded our first tape <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay right there you I go <laughs> so I didn't After have that, that level of fame well, neither did they back then. Uh, oh, they I were did. on the road. <laughs> but it's good though. Ricky's a great guy. And I, you know what it is? I love that Irish accent, even though he's starting to become a little bit more Americanized now than the last time I spoke him. I guess all those years in California is starting to rub off on him. Yeah, yeah. All right. Great band. You know, I'm glad that they kind of left the Thin Lizzy name behind and moved on in a new direction. And, you know, it's got a little bit of that Thin Lizzy flavor to it, you know, but yeah. it's a whole new band and a, and a whole new sound. And, I'm glad for those guys. So, you know, anytime people keep rock and roll alive, it's a good thing. Definitely, definitely. All right, let me see here. What was I going to say? It was something I was going to mention. I've been playing the new Overkill. Really good record, man. They, they've done it again. They've okay. come back like the third. I mean, they've always had good records, but the last yeah. two were tremendous. And this one yeah. is right up there. And uh, Exodus is working on a brand new record I see. And uh, my good friend, uh, Frankie Benalla, I have to throw that in there, from Quiet Right, is finally releasing that documentary that we were talking about years ago when he was on the show. Uh, it debuts this week at some festival out in California. And I don't know if it's going to be out in the theaters or if it's like a, strictly a DVD release after that. I don't know how it works, but I was talking with Frankie a while ago. He's going to come on the show uh, when he's getting, in a couple of weeks when he's doing press for that. So probably in, uh, in May, beginning of May, we'll have Frankie back on the show. He's always a great guy to talk to. Okay. Anytime you get a paisan from New York who's moved on to bigger and better things, you know, you got to go, you know, you got to root for them. Yeah, you got to try at least. That's right. All right. We well, know what? Let's get on one more tune. And then Mr. Ken Pierce from PierceMetal.com. I'm sure he told you about all the concerts that are going to be around last night when you guys were hanging out, but he's going to tell the rest of our listeners right after this. So let's do uh, Thin Ice, Victim of the Fall, and then we'll get Kenny on here.
that's like one of my new favorite bands, Tim. I've been playing this EP up and down like for the last week. It's called Midnight Helion. They're out of uh, Trenton, New Jersey. They've been around a couple of years now. They have two EPs out, and they just put out a live record this year, which I found kind of funny because they only had the two EPs before that. I think they should have went with a new album of original material, but I know it's not that easy to come up with the funds for these things. Most of these bands do it on their own today, but pretty yeah. good band, man. I, I don't even think people live in Trenton, New Jersey anymore. Do people still live there? Rock and roll people. I, I mean, I, I, un-rock and roll, I should say. I guess. Roll, huh? Isn't that where the Toxic Avenger comes from? Oh, that's, that's Tromaville. Ah. That's Tromaville, New Jersey. <laughs> was it Great New Jersey? Band, no, well, it wasn't. Was it New Jersey? Yeah, Toxic Avengers from New Jersey, yeah. Tromaville. <laughs> There's no you real know? place named Tromaville. That was just the name of the town they made up. But, but they uh, actually used New Jersey? Yeah, that's where the guy comes from that, that makes the Toxic Avenger. They're all based out in New Jersey, all of them, all the movies. Wow. Yeah, there's a new one actually coming out, uh, so that's going be pretty funny. I, really, I used to get a kick out of those back in the 80s. They're like real B-level movies, but they were pretty good. Cool. <laughs> funny stuff over there. But like I said, Midnight Hillian, band out in New Jersey. Check them out. I'm going to reach out to them and try to get them on the show because uh, I'm really digging that EP. So there you go. All right, but you know what? We have to get to Mr. Ken Pierce right now from PierceMail.com. Kenny will give us the roundup of everything happening in the New York City area for the next seven days. So, Kenny, what's going on, my friend? Hey, what's going on there, Mikey? How are you? It's great to be back here on the Heavy Metal Mayhem show. And since I'm out and about again, I am just going to give you the scoop that's happening for this week. Uh, here we go. Uh, tonight, over at uh, Irving Plaza, you got the We Love Tour, which is Come Be Christ. William Patrol, uh, William Control, and New Year's Day. I'll be hitting that show in a in a short time over here at Irving Plaza. Uh, also, the loudness show that was supposed to happen at Stage 48 is, of course, canceled for this evening. So, if you had tickets for that, get a refund for something else that's coming up to uh, Stage 48. There's a lot of cool metal happening there over the next uh, few weeks. Tomorrow, over at the Barnes & Noble in Tribeca, you got Paul Stanley signing copies of his Face the Music book. It's his tell-all tome, so get there for 6 p.m. and meet Paul Stanley. Get him to sign a book. The book officially comes out on Tuesday, and uh, he'll also be doing a signing over in Staten Island at the Barnes & Noble. Um, you have to look it up on their site because I don't have the 100% details of how to uh, navigate you there. But that's at 7 p.m. in Staten Island on Tuesday. Uh, nothing to see on Wednesday to my knowledge, but Thursday is a busy day with Godflesh over at Irving Plaza, uh, while uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony begins at the Barclays Center. And as you recall, uh, both uh, all of these guys like uh, Peter Gabriel, Nirvana, and of course Kiss are being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame officially. On Thursday, also a night with Janis Joplin begins its several, a few month residency over at the Gramercy Theater. So no metal shows over at Gramercy for the foreseeable future. I will miss seeing shows there for sure. Friday night, you got Carcass over at the Best Buy Theater, and they are on the Decibel Music Tour with Black Dahlia Murder, Gore Guts, uh, and Noisem. And that's going to bring Times Square to its knees. Later on that evening, you got the great Satan over at the Black Bear Bar. And if you do not have tickets yet, too bad. I believe it's sold out. So I'm hitting both of those shows and very excited. Saturday evening, you got the Good Rats at BB King Blues Club. And this is a farewell show. The, uh, the great Pepe Marcello passed away uh, late in uh, 2013. And this is a memorial concert to his honor. And the band is putting it to bed, I am told. 
Also that evening is Striper over at Stage 48. This is the makeup show for the show that was canceled in January based on weather. That is all I got for you guys this week, and I will talk to you next week. But remember, until that time, do try to find Facebook uh, for Piercing Metal and our Twitter so I can keep you up to date on the latest and greatest happenings in our fair metal metropolis. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. All right, Kenny, you take care, buddy. Mr. Kent Pierce from piercingmetal.com. T, you and I are going to be at that Satan show this Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. Not only that, but an old pen pal I had from back in the 80s reached out to me this week on Facebook and wanted to know if I was still going because he saw my name on the invite list over there. And I said, yeah, I'll be there. So Mr. Powell will be there this weekend. I haven't seen him, Jim Powell, since 1983 or 1984 is the last time we met in person when he came into Brooklyn from um, Baltimore to see Merciful Fate when they played at Lamar. I think it was 83 or 84. I don't remember what year that was, T. I remember the name, yeah. Yeah, he's when I took the picture of me with King Diamond, me and Eddie, uh, when we were at the right, Zinzek right, Records that day. Right. They drove in that day. So, you know, it's good to get together every 30 years of people used to know and, uh, you know, have a cold <laughs> beer. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that, Jim. He's, uh, he told me he's actually going out with the band for all six shows they're doing here in the U.S. and Canada. He took wow. off some time for work. He's making a road trip. You know, he's good friends with the guys, so he's going to be hanging out with them for the week. So I'm looking forward to seeing Jimmy that weekend. Uh, Jimmy also put out a record by the band Deuce. We had Tom Gaddis on the show from Deuce and Tension. He put out that album a few years back, and he had a documentary that he was involved in also uh, uh, a couple of years ago. Jim's very involved oh. in the music scene, so... Cool. It's great to see him, yeah, without a doubt. All right, so let me see here. What was I going to talk about now? Oh, I was just reading on uh, BWBK that Vixen, you know, the, the, girl, the, the old girl band Vixen, reunited right. for the Monsters of Rock Cruise, okay? And they were doing it to pay tribute to the, the guitar player Jan who passed away about a year or two ago. I think she died uh, of cancer. But the funny thing I found out that they got back together, they reunited, but they reunited years ago. And then when VH1 had that show where they used to, like, get bands back together, yeah. Oh. I, I, I got the bands reunited That's whatever right. the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. That was a great show. Even though it wasn't a lot of rock and metal bands, there's all different kinds of bands on there. Like Missing yeah, Persons they were like on the there. most metal, yeah. Yeah, but I, it was a cool show. Like, he went around trying to find these bands, you know, it's, even though yeah. most of it was already, like, pre-done already. But, I mean, it was it was pretty good. But they had gotten back together not long after that show, and they were playing out for quite a bit of time. Then whatever happened, they had a fallen out, and the guitar player jam went her way, and the other three members of the band went their way. And a couple of years ago, they changed the, the other three original members, uh, 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 Petrucci and uh, the other ones, John, the, the singer, whatever the name is. They, they called the band VXN, like Vix, like spelled the VXN, because Jan, the guitar player, was going out with the original name of the band because she owned the rights to the name. So she was going out on the Vixen with a different lineup, and they were playing Vixen songs with the VXN name. And then they said it was getting too confusing, so they changed the name to like all three of their names, whatever the hell it was, Jan, Sherry, uh, uh, I don't know what the hell the other one's name is. Roxy? Yeah, Roxy, whatever it was. And they weren't allowed, because they weren't allowed to play under the Vixen name, because she owned the rights of it. Now she's dead, and now they're reuniting under the name Vixen. So, okay. I mean, this ain't they're doing as a tribute to her. I tribute my ass, because if you had a fallen out, you weren't even talking or playing together. Now that she's gone, you don't really have any, you know, there's no way, you know, they can use the name, I guess, now, because nobody owns it anymore. Ah. Uh. So, I mean, I think it's kind of shitty in a way to go under the guys that were doing it to pay tribute to her. And I'm sure, like, you know, there's a little bit of that in there. But let's face it, it's basically because she's not here now and you can use the name. And nobody's going out to see Janet, Sherry, Roxy, Gina, which was the name of the band they were playing. It sounds like a porn, it like a porno rally. I mean, you know, it doesn't even sound like a rock band, you know? So what happens if uh, Gene and Paul die? Can they to go out and kiss? They probably can. 
<laughs> I don't know. You know, knowing Gene Simmons, I'm sure he's got that name locked up. You know, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess she owned the rights to it and didn't pass on to anybody else. Nobody wanted to even care about it. I mean, let's face yeah. it. Who really cares about Vixen these days? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, who the hell knows? It's funny. I don't even know who's playing guitar with them now. I wonder if it's uh, uh, Roxy's sister, uh, Maxine, uh, from uh, Madam Max. We had her on the show right now, and they played together for a while in Vixen. I wonder if she's uh, oh. playing guitar with the band. I don't even know. I didn't even check. Not really much interest in Vixen. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were all hot as freaking sin back uh, in the 80s, you know, but eh, it is what it is. I just think they're doing it because she's not around now. They can use the name and they get more attention that way than going by VXN or by their first names. Eh, who the, yeah, who the hell knows? All right, here. Let's get a couple of more tunes on here. Next yeah. up, Snow White. This is not the band Snow White from Chicago with the Z in the name. It's spelled Snow White. I believe they were from Hawaii. Uh, could be wrong. I'll have to check that out. But uh, here's New Messiah.
Canadian Bacon there, Razor, would take this torch. And, you know, T, it's only the first week of April. I feel like it's almost over already. <laughs> you know? We got a Remarkable, short month here right? on, this, on the show because we're not going to be doing a show Easter Sunday in two weeks. We're going to take right. take the day off. It'll be the first time we're not doing a show in about a year since last week started. So, uh, no show next, but uh, what do we have next week on the show? Let me see. Uh, let me take a look at the calendar here. Oh, Dan Watson from Hex. So, uh, we're really going old school uh, the rest of this month. And I believe uh, the last Sunday of the month, we have Bob Mayer from Wargasm on. So, a lot of great 80s bands on the show this month here. And this Thursday on the Metal Matinee, it is the Wide World of Metal. We are going over to uh, Ireland. I think since we had Ricky Warwick on, we'll keep the Irish thing going right through Thursday. So, uh, don't forget to tune in at 12 p.m. EST. You'll hear all those great 80s Irish metal bands. Well, that's a tongue twister, huh? Goes right yeah, through yeah. you. That's yeah, fun. and we got Dan Watson. Hex is playing, I believe, at the Keep It True Festival next week. So I think we'll get Dan on right before he takes off. All the guests are live this month, which are nice. And uh, maybe, uh, if, I'll tell you what, if I have any pre-recorded interviews coming up this month, maybe I'll throw them all on one show and I'll pre-record something. We'll get up to Easter Sunday so people can listen if they want. Me, i got to take off. I have to celebrate the resurrection of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that day. So, you know, I can't do a heavy metal show. I'll be too busy, you know, pretending to move the rock like in the recreation of... Uh, you know, his uh, killing and resurrection over there. So you're playing The Rock? I'm playing The Rock that week, yes. Yeah, somebody's going to oh. move me out of the opening. <laughs> you let him free. Uh, I think, we, you know, we, you know you get, we, we do the show every week, uh, two shows a week. And they're always live. And, like, you know, after a while, you just kind of get burnt out when you don't have any time off. You start getting, the interviews start getting boring and monotonous because you're just constantly doing them. And there's nothing new to talk about. So we got to take a week off. So we got that off. And I know in uh, May... Uh, maybe for Mother's Day we might be taking off, and then in June I'm going to be on vacation, so we'll take a week off. So, you know, we need a little break here and there. We've done, like, forget it, we've done almost 550 shows in six years. That's a lot of freaking shows. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, not bad. So, all right. But like I said, next week, Dan Watson from Hex. Great band. We'll get on some music by them. And he's actually going to send me some new tunes that they've been working on, so we'll probably debut a brand new song by the band. I got a whole bunch of interviews in the works, but like, for some reason, nothing was panning out this month. Either the, the bands were canceling or the PR people were setting them up. They weren't like you know following through and things just weren't happening. So, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm working on uh, Tom Worry from Trypticon and Celtic Frost. He's got a new Trypticon record coming out, so I think they're going to hold off on that until they do press for it. Then he'll probably do 100 interviews like over two days, so we'll get him on during that time over there. And I know there was one or two other bands that we were supposed to have on this month, but they just haven't confirmed with me. So I figured, you know what, we'll take it easy. We'll just do the one interview a week. And it's actually been a lot more fun because we got more time to bullshit and play music, you know? Definitely. Yeah, plus there's like 400 guests. I mean, we're starting to run out of people here. Let's face it, we're never going to get Iron Maiden and Metallica on the show or Black Sabbath. So, you know, we're running out of people to dig up from the 80s. All right, yeah. Yeah, Alfred, come on. We did have Halford, and we've had the Scorpions on, and we've had Slayer on, and Megadeth, and other bands on, but, oh, I mean, we do the best we can, and we try, and we strive, and we will get them on one day, one member, yeah. and maybe some next members, <laughs> you know? Well, you almost, <laughs> maybe, you almost had Paul Diano. That's true, but he we, we banned him from the show, because he kept jerking us off, and uh, and then canceling, and not calling on, but maybe we'll get Dennis Stratton, he's probably easier to get, huh? Oh. I'm going to think of Dennis maybe. Stratton. He's maybe. still playing. He's active. He's got bands that he's in. That's true. That's true. Playing, so true. We could dig up Dennis Stratton, maybe. We get uh, some good stories, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think we can get Nico to, uh, you know, we'll just tell him we want to talk about his rib joint in Florida, and uh, we'll yeah, get him so. on the show. We'll, we'll, we'll promote his barbecue place, you know? Good we'll idea. get them all on one day. Before the show's all over and said and done, 
we'll have gotten everybody we wanted to. We've had so many great guests on. Plus, you know what? We're all about the 80s. So I love digging up those underground 80s bands that we grew up with yeah. and play. And, you know, King Diamond, to be honest, is like the one interview I want more than anybody else. He's very difficult to get because he just doesn't do them anymore, you know? He, it's rare when he does one. So that's what we got. And Lemmy would be great, but that's like almost impossible. Like, I've tried like countless times. And he just does not do interviews. It's rare. I mean, he just does yeah. not do them anymore. So, true. But he's gonna. We'll have to did you hear he's gonna? He's gonna drop the coin at a. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the Kiss, kiss uh, game, football kiss game. Football. Is, yeah. Is it football? Would it be football this time of year? Yeah. No, it's arena football. Oh, arena football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. L. A. L. A. Yeah. Kiss ball themselves. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. So I guess uh, Gene must have come across with some some bucks. Yeah. For his retirement fund. For yeah. time. <laughs> I know I've well, a few bucks. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Lemmy says he's feeling a lot better these days. He had to clean up his, you know, his act with his health and everything. And, Definitely. you know, I guess the drinking and the food. And, you know, when you get to be that age, things that, you know, you were able to skirt by, like when you were younger, you know, you kind of can't avoid them as you get older. They, just, they catch up to you, you know. And let's face it, the man's lived a hard life. So to make it as far as he did without getting seriously ill. It's, yeah. it's, it's a miracle onto his side. I say he's like a cockroach. You can't destroy him. You know, I don't think you can kill yeah. him. Yeah, right. I hate to say that because next week we'll find out that he passed away, God forbid. But, you know, that's Aww. usually what happens when you say something. But, hey, look, these guys are all in their mid-60s now. Some of them are closing in on 70. I mean, God bless them that they're still playing and they're still active and doing I think maybe that's what keeps them, you know, kind of young and, you know, yeah. healthy because they do keep playing, right, which is right, a good thing. Right. But how much longer can you really go? It's not like Lemmy's in the position of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley where they say, you know what? We're retiring. It's over with. They don't have to worry about where the next dollar is coming from. You know, Lemmy, I'm sure he's okay, but he lives, you know, let's face it, you know, job to job with the music, you know, so they kind of need that money. Has to have something coming in. Yeah. But I tell you what, when he comes to New York and New Jersey, we have to go no matter what, because that could probably be the last time we see Motorhead play live. Yeah, that's a definite fact. Yeah. So we won't miss that if they do make it. And I'm sure they'll do something. You know, I guess he got set back with the illnesses with the the Aftershock record, but maybe this year they'll put all those toys back together that they were supposed to do last year and and we'll catch them. Excellent. That'd be good. All right. Well, you know what? Let's head over to England. Hey, you know what? It was a great festival this weekend in Chicago, the the Ragnarok Metal, Metal Apocalypse. Right. Uh, over two days. And this thing has been growing bigger and bigger every year for the last four or five years that they've been doing it. And Odin, they put on an amazing festival over there. And I heard that it was sold out. Our good friend Mike Sabatini from Attack actually flew there for the weekend to go see the show. So wow. I, I should have I reached out to Mike to call up tonight and let, let us know how it went. But he said on, on Facebook he had a great time there. And uh, Steve Grimmitz, Grim Reaper, you know, uh, headlined the show one night. So, and he actually had Nick Bocat, the original guitar player for Gorilla, come up and play with them on stage. Uh, Black Death uh, was playing. They're called Black Death Resurrected now. There, there were so many bands on the bill. I mean, it's, all, it's not all 80s bands. They've got all bands on the bill over two days. They have other shows, the smaller clubs, like pre-shows, I guess. But they're all like classic you know, metal bands or traditional or power metal bands. You're not going to go see an extreme metal band or a death metal band. All the bands are sort of in the same genre, but there's yeah, multiple right, yeah, yeah. spectrums of... You've got cool. bands that have been around for a couple of years. You've got bands from the 80s. Picture came in from Europe the first time they played in America wow. ever. He got them to come in. And I know he was working on Satan uh, for the show, but it just didn't happen. But they are, they're coming anyway. But you've got to wish those guys the best of luck because they did a fundraiser this year, I guess, on one of those sites where they raised money for things. And uh, it must have worked out because they were able to bring over a lot more bands with that money. And 
I, you know, it's great when you see that. I think maybe next year, T, you and I should make a trip to Chicago for the weekend, you know? Yeah, that would be cool. That would be, cool. be really cool to go there for two days, leave Friday after work or whatever, and come back, you know, Sunday afternoon and see the two days of bands and we'll head out to that hamburger joint that it has all the heavy metal burgers named after, all the burgers named after heavy metal bands. Oh, cool. Yeah, they make these really, you know, real amazing big hamburgers. Every burger's named after the band. It's a whole heavy metal burger joint. Oh, and he was cool. like big burgers. They got like Slay or something burgers and, you know, Pantera burgers and all kinds of shit like that. Oh, wow. But, yeah, we'll go stuff our face. We'll go we'll see some great metal bands. Who knows who they'll dig up for next year. So that's definitely something we should look into doing, you know. It's not that far away. It was like a three-hour plane ride maybe for us. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Maybe less. Yeah, so maybe we'll get a whole road trip together with people and try to make a whole weekend out of it. Be cool. Without a doubt, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure in a couple of months they'll be announcing who's on the bill next year, so we'll find out if it's worth it. I'm sure it will be, and we'll head out there. Uh, All right, let me see. Let's head over to England right now, do a little Oblivion night beyond the gates. Probably got time for one more tune after that, then we'll wrap things up here today. Uh, ready. There you go.
life has to gate The book unfolds my fate The master clearing my soul He takes While the children eternal life for me Through tribulation, sacrifice And set us There you go, Oblivion Myth. All right, T, that's it. Got a couple of minutes left. How about we do one more tune and we call it a night? I don't think Tommy's there anymore. (coughs) Uh, He's away from the microphone. All right, what the hell? T, you there? I'm sorry. There you go. That's all right. I said we're going to wrap things up here. That's it. We're all done. Okay, buddy. Time to put this one in the can and call it a night. There you go. All right, buddy. Well, it's great talking <laughs> with you like always every week. I want to thank our guest, Ricky Warwick from Black Star Riders. Don't forget Thursday, Metal Matinee, The Wide World of Metal, Ireland. And next Sunday night, Dan Watson from Hex. So you take care, buddy. I'm going to wrap things up with some bad brains here today. Oh, cool. All right? All right. All right. This is going to be a much better week. I think it's going to be kind of warm, so uh, we kind of deserve it after the freaking freezing month oh, that we man. had over here. So telling me. <laughs> We're going down to one jacket and one sweater this week. Yeah, at least. (laughs) All right, buddy. I'll talk to you this week. You take care. All right. Good night, everybody, and good night, Mr. Mike. You got it. Here you go to Bad Brains. Eye against eye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.